Welcome to Cosmic Voices, a monthly radio show dedicated to conscious conversation. This is Ramona Ray with your co-host, Dulcie Belboli. Dulcie is a registered psychotherapist, professional astrologer, certified hypnotherapist, and a radical living coach. You can find out more about Dulcie and her offerings on her website, astrologybydulcie.com. Hi there, Dulcie. Hi, Ramona. Oh my gosh, what a treat. To be back in the station, and it's spotless, it smells great, everything's covered in plastic. I feel like I'm in a spaceship. <laughs> Andrew just re-sanitized everything for us. I noticed Andrew was looking sparkly clean himself. <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> it's so great to have you back live with me. I'm alive. Should we introduce Karen as long as she's waiting for yes, us? Yes, please. Let's, let's put Karen on. And um, Hello, Karen. Hi, Ramona. Hi, Dulcie. Hi, Karen. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Karen is our special guest today, and we are going to talk about um, saving the planet through writing. Oh, Dulcie, Dulcie nixed that, that topic. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about uh, the value of writing in our everyday lives. She is a writing instructor, and I'll tell you her whole bio after Dulcie is finished with her cosmic report. Karen, we're so happy to have you here with us today. Thank you, Ramona. All right. So welcome, everybody, to the energy of Leo. This is the most uh, creative, uh, vibrant, solar-powered, charged energy that we're going to get this year, is this month of August. And what a blessing it is to, to have life and vim and vigor flowing through the veins again after so much time spent um, cautious and afraid. Of course, you know, uh, we are still under the whole COVID uh, auspices, so we still need to be smart and prudent and sensible. But we're going to be in this fabulous Leo energy um, until the 22nd. And the 20, so from now until then, uh, use this opportunity to really uh, be strong, build your inner strength, enjoy your creative self, and have as much fun as you possibly can. That's what makes um, Leo such a valuable asset to all of us. It's when we actually get to have some fun. And, of course, Leo rules the sun, and boy, has it ever been hot. Phew! So, well, as we speak today, on uh, early August, we have a full moon just behind us. So um, we're resonating with that full moon energy. But coming up here on the 7th, we're going to get quite an energy shift. On that day, um, Venus, which is the planet of love and aesthetics, who's currently uh, right now in Chatty Gemini, is going to enter loving cancer. This is going to be, we're going to notice the shift. Um, and so our attention will be pulled from connecting and communicating more toward the home and security and safety. Then we have, um, I, 
one thing I'd like to have you put on your calendars is the 10th. Um, this is when we have Mercury squaring Uranus and the moon will be part of this little equation. So that's going to be a really busy day for you with some unexpected changes. Now, also mark your calendars, please, the 13th and 14th. This is when active Mars, which is the male principle, it's the principle of, of uh, go get him. You know, it's a very strong dynamic. will square Pluto, and Pluto, even though he was demoted so long ago, is still the guardian of the underworld. And any time Pluto and Mars are together, they stir up a bunch of trouble. And this particular configuration could look like deep rage. So just don't, you know, if someone ticks you off, just breathe deeply. No need to get your knickers in a knot. Uh, stay out of trouble. Those days? Yeah, 13th and 14th. And remember as well that, um, you know, when a, when a baby is being born, there's an awful lot of pressure and screaming and yelling and it's kind of like a birth pain so if you have any deep emotion coming up just ask yourself am i birthing something what am i birthing here and this is you know for true for all kinds of projects doesn't have to be an actual baby since some of us are way past that um the 15th is a great day the 16th as well the 17th and 18th are also important days. The 17th is in the dark of the moon. Uh, little Mercury is connecting with the sun. It's trining Mars. So this is a very, very creative time. And then on the 18th, we have our annual Leo new moon. So folks, if you are interested in a better storyline for your life or something that in which you feel maybe more inspired creative that you know you just want something a little bit better for yourself use this leo new moon for that maybe you could create a ceremony you could enter into prayer you could write a poem you know put on a little play for your family <coughs> but this is your annual opportunity to remember that you're the king of your castle and your life is what you make of it it's a fabulous fabulous new moon uh, and then on the 19th, almost straight away, we get an energy shift. This is when little Mercury, who having been hanging out in Leo, telling grand tales and leaping around and having a bunch of fun, now enters fastidious Virgo and starts cleaning out closets. Downer. <laughs> but actually, it's really good because we're starting to move now into the energy of Virgo, which is where we get our act uh, cleaned up. So, and indeed, on the 22nd, the sun leaves Leo, follows Mercury into Virgo, and we'll be saying, happy birthday, Virgo, at that, at that time. So, what happens when we move from Leo to Virgo is that we take that creative solar energy of, of Leo, all those ideas, all those possibilities and potentialities, and we bring them into some kind of organized form when the sun reaches Virgo. So right now you may have ideas and they may look like pies in the sky. That'll never happen. But when that energy shifts, guess what? You've already infused yourself. You've already plumped up your inner battery, as it were, with this fabulous Leo solar power. 
And now you can take those, those creative ideas and literally, hands-on, bring them into reality. So 23rd and 24th, I'd like you guys to mark your calendars if you want. Um, this is when... This is when we're starting to get a little bit of, oh, um, because Mars is going to square Saturn. And this is going to be a precursor for what we're going to see September through November when Mars retrogrades. Right now, things feel full steam ahead. But 23rd and 24th, we could start to see a slowdown. I feel like the guy on the Weather Channel. You know? <laughs> it's going to rain. And, of course, it doesn't. <laughs> So take all this with a pinch of salt, please, people. But anyway, there is a slowdown coming. Um, but it's all right. Persevere. You know what you want. Keep going. We still have some very exciting days left in the month, particularly on the 25th. There's a lot going on. That's a big day. Sudden changes, big opportunities. Um, you know, there's almost a risky feeling. And, and maybe when we talk with Karen... And I'd like to ask your opinion, Ramona, if you felt at all if there's been an element of risk and unpredictability in the air. Yes. Like you just feel so restless, you're just going to pack up and, you know, move to a beach hut. Yes. So, all right. <laughs> we've, we've got lots of that coming up. Um, 27th and, and 29th, um, that's a, a very good time to connect with 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 the divine um, and just just recognize you're not alone that we are we are truly guided and loved the note ends on the month ends on a rather surreal note we've got a lot of neptune neptune is this dreamy oh my gosh is this real is it not real so i would really suggest using sacred oils holy music prayer meditation uh, as much as possible during that time. So that's it for the month of August. You can see it's kind of up and down. Charge yourself up, get creative, and whatever really is viable and in your highest interest will distill into mm. the essence of your life. You are actually creating mm. right now, and it is going to happen. So stay positive. Be happy and breathe into your belly. And because we have Karen, we also want to write, 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 write with a pen. Well, this is part of the process, I think. Um, let me tell you who is here. Uh, actually, before we start, Dulcie's going to tell you who are... Oh, I'll go on. <laughs> is this... Uh, Karen Fricke is uh, a writer, a published poet, and longtime educator, and has taught students at both elementary and middle school levels. She has also provided classes and workshops for adults at the university level to enhance their t teaching of writing. She now facilitates women writing for a change classes in Grand Junction. She also attended the Conscious Feminine Leadership Academy in the summer of 2015, and received licensure from Women Writing for a Change Cincinnati to open an affiliate school in Grand Junction. This experience was power powerful on many levels as it provided a wealth of valuable resources and insights for her to tap into while facilitating WWFAC. She combines her experiences to facilitate the healing practice of writing in an authentic, supportive circle 
which provides a space for women to speak their truths and share their story. Karen, we're so excited to have you back again, and we're going to talk about the, the power, the healing of writing. We're going to talk about... Um, we're going to talk about about how to find peace in ourselves through writing. Is that a good place to start? That's perfect, perfect. Yes. Can you guys hear mm-hmm. my landline fine? You yes. sound great, Karen. You know, good. Karen, I know we have an opening question for you, but um, I'm very curious. You actually did a personal experience over this <laughs> yep. past uh, number of weeks. And so our opening question to you was, you know, does writing actually empower? Does writing change things? So take it away, girl. Oh, great. Thanks for that question. Um, When you and Ramona called to ask if I might do an interview, I was tempted to say no because I wasn't writing. And I was in a kind of a funk with all the distractions and the things that are happening in our world. But then I thought, this is a really good opportunity to, to walk my talk. And um, reignite my practice. So I actually devised <laughs> homework for myself with the fast rates each day. And um, and I'm in a very different place now. I'm extremely grateful for your invitation, and I'm in a very different place. Um, what you just asked, Elsie, about how we feel, uh, what did you say? We want to can writing escape? No, when you said oh. we wanted to escape or whatever. Oh yes, yes, um, Re- I, reckless and risky. Yeah, well, I came across some really great stuff, partly because of this newfound um, writing thing that I've been doing. And one of the statements was, "You don't need to go to the mountains, a cave far away. The changing tides are here, and we're in it." And mm. um, as things enter and outer collapsing, we have this crazy opportunity, it's very unique and auspicious, as this person said, to, um, to up our game and to up our practice and be very aware. So, you know, all your statements in your astrology tie in so beautifully to where the writing has brought me through this several weeks. So you, were, you weren't feeling too chipper, no. and then you set yourself a homework assignment can you explain for the listeners what is a fast write? Yeah, well, that's that's something I hope that people can take away today because, for instance, your astrology report is a perfect place to get prompts for fast writes if anyone chooses to. But a fast write um, is kind of a sacred ceremony. Um, you find yourself a, a place where you're very comfortable and you know you're not going to be interrupted. You light a candle and you deliberately save 15 minutes for yourself to have the privilege of just writing. And in women writing, we often use um, prompts that come from poems. You can, you can borrow from, um, you know, Dulcie's Astrology or something that sparks you and just write without censor for 15 minutes. It's quite remarkable where that takes you. And if you're a person who says, I don't write, you'll learn very soon that there's no such thing. Uh, it's only for your own eyes. You don't, you don't censor yourself, and um, all sorts of things come out of that. Many poems have come out of that for me, but it is a way to get things out there and look at them, and I think partly so that you can um, deal with them. You can, 
uncharge them and whatever that would be so that they don't have a charge anymore and, and you open yourself to possibility. Karen, I think that's interesting. I mean, you're, you do writing classes and, and I always find it amazing. Um, you know, when someone like yourself says that you're not writing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And with that said, what does that say for the those of us who are not, you know, the, your caliber of writer? Writer. I mean, how how do you start? How do you how do you get the words on paper? You talk about a fast write, but right. I think often we're overwhelmed with, oh, what am I going to put on there? What what well, words? That's so true. And can I can I read a quote here and then answer sure. your please, question please. better? Um, this is about, you know, because I don't like people to tell me what to do, quite honestly. Mm. So I almost resisted my own assignment, right? <laughs> <laughs> but don't tell me what to do. But um, in relation to finding the self-discipline to set aside time to write, this is a quote I found. Rather than comparing ourselves to others, twisting our own arms, and punishing ourselves with duty and guilt, we need to have a gentle, compassionate, and non-judgmental spirit towards writing. William Burroughs said, there is no such thing as willpower, only need. The roots of a useful discipline lie in understanding ourselves, and that is a gentle matter. And then to finish that off, true discipline is a matter of love rather than duty. Let it work for you, that desire to write. Let it be the joy, the bliss, the call, the vocation. And that's Pat Schneider from Writing Alone and with Others. Oh, but the I idea is to, to lighten up and, and, and accept that it's a real, it's a real um, act of self-care and a real privilege because what you're doing is you're honoring yourself and listening to your soul. And when you said some people who aren't as whatever writers as I am, um, there's no such thing in this case because you're the only one who can tell the story of your life um, and no one's judging and it's it's really fun to see where it takes you. I love that quote. Um, let the discipline not be um, a duty, but from love. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different switch. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And that 15 minutes, you know, I, I, I vowed I would do a 15-minute fast ride every day between the time you asked me for the interview, and I haven't. I didn't do every single day. But I did do almost every single day, and when I did, it was a real privilege, and it, it opened up all these other things energetically that go along with your August astrology. Um, people start entering my life. I'm able to deal with issues. I'm happier. I'm practicing more. Um, I think this is a time for us all to really get our practice on, whatever that means. But because there's such negative forces, we have a choice to make, and we can choose the gratitude and the um, the going inwards into a new season as opposed to battling the old season. But it's not simple, and it's like there's a lot of mud on the way, you know. But I have a much greater feeling of optimism now after doing this writing for several weeks and getting my practice on. I love that you mentioned gratitude. Mm-hmm. When I can't think of anything else to write, I sit down and write, I am grateful for, and yes. just make the longest list I can think of. And Ramona, what you said with that, um, the, it, when you had said, how do people know where to start? When I taught fourth grade, I would tell the kids, they're welcome to write, I don't know what to write, I don't know what to write. 
And um, guess what? It doesn't last very long. But a better idea, or at least a, a more helpful idea, is to use prompts like I am grateful for, or what if, the what ifs. Um, you know, anything like that that gets you started, and then trust trust your inner self will take you in a direction that you need to go. I like the prompt, what's the worst that could happen? Uh-huh. And that or, is a positive thing. Yeah. Well... Or the, yeah, sure, because you'll end up turning it around, won't you? Yes. I, there was one poem that was my day two assignment, <laughs> one of the few <laughs> I did, um, which was, and, and this is a great thing too, have a favorite poem and borrow from it to make prompts. Um, so it was the Mary Oliver poem, The Messenger. And I used her poem, Beginnings, and ended the sentences with my own words. Um, and it becomes quite beautiful, but it's it's coming from you. So that that's a fun, a fun thing to do. And I was thinking of Dulcie's on the 18th astrology that says um, ceremony is very good on that day. Mm-hmm. And that's when I thought, you know what? If you'd like to start a fast right practice, um, this stuff is perfect for it. And on that day, she says. Be sure to do a ceremony today to invite in your heart's desire. Feel world peace. There you go, Ramona. Mm. It's right there inside of you. This is an amazing new moon. Open your heart. Be aware of what you're creating. Tend to the garden of your heart. And you could use a prompt like the garden of my heart, dot, dot, dot. Mm. I am creating, dot, dot, dot. In my world of world peace, dot, dot, dot. So you see, um, that can take you all sorts of places and and it actually does open up possibility. That's beautiful, Karen, in that you're, you're looking around you. So there's a number of things that you said that I want to revisit. You talked about negative forces and about moving through mud. And then you talked about your writing and um, how at the end of a couple of weeks you were feeling markedly better. Mm-hmm. And I, I had the privilege of reading your bench series. And right at the very beginning... They seemed very small. There was just this, you know, I'm great. You know, here the little the little grasses grow up by the bench. I'm paraphrasing here, but mm-hmm. um, it was just this sort of reaching out and connecting with, with what represented life. And so that, so this notion of, of finding things out there in the world that that infuse you with life, is that part of what happened for you? Yes, and it, I might mention for people who don't know about my homework assignment that the other part, other than doing a 15-minute fast ride every day, is something called the bench series. And that's where I go with the dog, take a 15-minute walk, stop at a the bench on the property under a large pine tree, and I write. And there's no uh, expected amount of time or um, anything that I have to do. I've been using haiku a lot because it really fits. It's short and sweet, um, the five-syllable, seven-syllable, five-syllable piece. Um, And I do that, and that somehow opens me up to all sorts of other things, including the fast, right? But the bench series could be someplace that's special to you. It could be a place in your house. It could be a park that you go to, you know, a, a place that just feels good and sacred. 
Would you do if you have your bench series there? Would you mind reading the first one because I you think bet. this is what's going to help us see where you started from. Yeah, and then I could read you one from today because Good. the person who requires having deadlines is me. That's mm-hmm. why I do women writing. So guess when I did my last bench series? <laughs> A morning. few moments ago. <laughs> so this was March 22nd, and this was shortly after we stopped meeting in women writing classes because things were kind of shut down. Um, and we met on Zoom some in between which is how we'll meet in the fall, and actually works pretty well. But anyway, this was March 22nd. Sit, breathe, remember nature's call. Life sings all around you, invites you to notice she doesn't need you, and yet an open invitation remains. Sit, breathe, remember nature's promise, come home to yourself, trust, let go. Mm-hmm beautiful it's it, you it, it it's an invocation it sounds like a, you, a prayer to me i love yeah, that and line. don't you think that nature does that for us yeah she's impartial level. you know she doesn't care if you're there or not but yet she's the invitation is mm-hmm. still open may i read you one that i wrote this morning because Please. you talked about yes. how things got bigger and it's interesting to me this one Where I've gone to with the writing is into my quantum field. You know, I was a matrix energetics practitioner and practiced tapping into this resource that we have. And I've revisited that really deeply through the writing, really. And so I I have a bigger sense of this protective, beautiful, watery field that's mine alone around me that in my, in my practice, the four spiritual dolphins clean the outer edge of as I put fears inside the field when I'm in that place and then um, and say aloha. <laughs> and they tend to be able to be released then. So anyway, that sounds pretty heavy duty, but that's a part of what's happened in the last couple of weeks. And so this was this morning, and it's a haiku. Now sun's warm caress melts distracted thoughts away. Here, a field of hope. That's beautiful, Karen. On that note, I'd like to say that support for Cosmic Voices comes from the staff at Main Street Minerals and Beads at 524 Main Street. Main Street Minerals and Beads is your source for beads, rocks, bindings, and jewelry in Grand Junction. More information at 241-4116. And boy, do we ever appreciate our underwriters. KFM appreciates you. For those of you who support us and send money our way, bless you, bless you, bless you. Yes, what Dulcie said. Hey, Ramona. Yes? You asked that about feeling free to write and not intimidated to. And as I was looking at what I had written about fast rights. Um, this is a quote from Pat, Sh- Pat Schneider, too, which says, you need the freedom in order to catch the passion and the music and the mystery of the writing. Become free of fear to accept yourself as a writer. Where there is fear, there is buried treasure. Oh, boy, you know, astrologically, <laughs> that's actually very true because Pluto is the guardian of the underworld, which is fear. And in the underworld, we find oil and gas, we find gold, we find diamonds, 
That's very true. Uh-huh. This is such a special time to write. I mean, and, and to self-reflect, to... I don't know how many times in the last couple of months that I've actually... I mean, there's the times of stress going through the unknown and, and the challenging circumstances in the world. And then again, being able to come to the point of the blessings of an opportunity to learn, an opportunity to read, an opportunity to write, an opportunity to um, connect with people that I haven't connected uh, on the phone, of course, but the opportunity to do something different than what we've done in the past and and to be nurtured by that. Mm -hmm. And I think the whole writing process, uh, I just think it's huge to be able to, and, and again, it doesn't matter what the words are. Sometimes if you just start writing, like you're talking about the fast write, often before the end, there's just something just rushing out, just faster than what you can put the words on paper. Right. And, and you go back and, and wonder where it came from. And the time goes quickly. It sometimes seems long at first, and often we'll say, man, that went quickly, you know, which is great, too, because if you stop, then you're highly motivated to go back. You know. you know, Karen, you've, you've taught writing for many years. You've taught children, you've taught adults, uh, you've held these sacred ceremonial circles for women. You have a, a business called uh, Circle Horse Writing, um, as well as being the local Women Writing for a Change facilitator, which is why it's going to, if anybody's interested, they should reach out and check out your website and your offerings there. But I'm curious about the sort of the scientific piece. Uh, as an educator, what, what goes on when we're writing, okay? Because there's the hand, which is at the end of the arm, which goes up to the head. But what's, what's going on there? Well, I, I believe that it's, um, it's that creative part of us, like art, you know, like painting and music, so that you're tapping into, I, I think you're tapping into your very soul. Um, so I experienced that with kids, kids who were really not confident about school or whatever or were considered not the best students, and they could become writers because we could focus on their ideas and their stories, and um, that's pretty huge, It's um, don't you think? I mean, for me, it sure taps into another part of of who I am. There's something about bringing your subconscious out into the light. Um, if you're truly letting yourself, you know, write and not censoring yourself, does that is that a good enough answer? Yes, yes, it is. I was curious about the science, about you know synapses and things right. going on. But I, what you said about the subconscious coming to light, and you said earlier about, and maybe it was you, Ramona, who said this. Um, you know, about having this opportunity um, to to really tell ourselves the truth or just to have that moment with the page and the pen in yeah. which you just don't know what's going to happen and yet it's coming either through you or from you. Well, and I look at it as um, I often see my higher self patting my lower self here on the shoulders. It's like um, pat, 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 you're, you're allowed to be real and authentic, and there's no judgment. Um, 
And, of course, we're the only ones who perceive our story the way we perceive it because we've lived it. And so there's always room to reframe things, too. I think when, we get, when I, speaking personally, get stuck in the old scripts, um, it's a beautiful thing to be liberated. And it's not overnight, but to have the opportunity to reframe things. You know, um, Ramona talked about what's the worst thing that could happen evolving into you know, world peace. Well, you had mentioned, I saw in your notes where you were talking about giving yourself a few minutes to vent. And I'd like you to say more about that because, you know, yes, vent, and then where does that go from there? That's an interesting question because in my homework assignment, quotation marks, um, I had the first fast rate, I said, just vent. Just vent for 15 minutes. Don't turn it into the light. Talk about everything you you know, are angry about and have lost. And you know what? I did it, and I did not feel comfortable. And that's not to say it's a bad thing. For me, I think probably my way of being is I'd rather vent like that and weave it into the light and not just leave it there. Um, But experiment with that, because I think everyone's different. I do think it's important to be able to look at things and not censor them. So do you know what I'm saying, though? For me, leaving that 15 minutes, I was kind of uncomfortable. Yes. Is that, would you say that part of of what's happening in a writing practice, so we're talking about writing as a path to personal peace, writing as a path to personal empowerment. And you, you have just addressed venting, just getting it out. Right. Um, is that the process? Does that lead to deeper letting go, or is it just like the steam off the pressure cooker? You know, I think both. I think sometimes the tea kettle has just got to vent, you know. It just gets built up. Um, I think that for me the response I had, which is probably really positive, is recognizing how much I couldn't leave it at that. It almost made me mad. And so anger sometimes motivates me. Like, I'm going to change this. You know what I mean? So for me, um, I couldn't just leave it there. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's important to be able to just recognize it sometimes and say it. I, I think what I'm trying to say is everybody's personal process is very different. I think looking at the venting, I mean, it's good to let it out. And and I like to think if I put it on paper, hopefully I don't have to share it with someone else. Right. Um, like the pressure cooker idea, letting go of it. And also, both of you have talked about reframing. I mean, mm-hmm. writing your, rewriting your story, rewriting who you are, what your life looks like, writing as if, you know, as if everything that you want to accomplish in your world is already is already happening. Right. Right, and this new idea that I've really glommed onto in the last couple of weeks of um, seeking neutrality in this field that's mine, mm. that I'm going to protect because there are some tough things going on right now. It doesn't mean I'm not aware or compassionate, but it means really being careful to protect, which I don't think I was. I was watching too much news, and I was getting depressed, and... I can still watch the news some, and I hope to be aware and kind and make a difference when I can. But the rest of the time in these hard times, it's really important to practice, 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 and 
maintain that space in your your own personal quantum field um, where things become more neutral that which then will weaken their negative charge like the, and um, the past structures that are going to need to change so that you can move on and be open and be optimistic so that's that's what this last couple of weeks have really been powerful for me you know, speaking as a psychotherapist, those words are powerful that you've just said because you're creating a type of neutrality as opposed to holding on to something that's really angering you, which ultimately can make a person sick. Mm-hmm. Um, with this, you know, where, where, where is that anger being held? Where is the upset? Where is the fear? Where's the depression? Well, it's in the body. So to talk about writing as a way to bring neutrality to that, to have it on the paper, and then to create a whole inner sphere, an inner net of your own creation where you've, you know, you've sort of put balm, healing balm on, on what was becoming so blown up in your mind. Right. Um, and it, that makes me think the connection there to if Ramona, I just vented for 15 minutes with my anger, well, then I've got this other tool, which is this quantum field around me when I drop down into it. Um, and there I can wish it well without emotion, um, say aloha to it, and and it loses its power. I love the aloha idea. Mm-hmm. I do too. It's so gentle. Are you talking about energetic alignment? Well, this, you know, as matrix energetics person, I practice finding a way to drop into the heart, which is a place for all of us where there's peace and this kind of no thought, you know, like where you zone out. And in the last days, this this guy who created the cold scalar laser that I own, I listened to a couple of his teleconferences, and I was just so impressed with, I don't know if you want to hear it, it's very simple, but yes, he has people take a deep breath, pause at the top of the breath, hold it, in that moment, and this is a practice thing, um, image and go into this quantum field around you, this space around you in a circle that's yours, maybe aura. And then when you're in that place, breathe gently, let go of the breath, and stay in the space between the thoughts. And I love that concept. That place where you're between thought is where you can, you can um, find neutrality. I'm going to try and dwell there as much as possible from now on. <laughs> so. What a beautiful goal. You know, yeah. I'm just thinking the mind is such, a, is such an incredible tool. You know, it, it can think all kinds of things. It holds perceptions. It has paradigms, taboos, uh, ideas about right and wrong, opinions, judgments. judgments, yes. It's just such a little slave driver, and it can keep the body and indeed the person's entire life, mm-hmm. um, you know, at under its control. So this this writing to be able to sit down and just take some time and just write seems like a way of uh, decluttering the mind. That's a really good way to put that. Does it, did it seem, in your process, you said you ended up being more hopeful. Were you more decluttered? I mean, it sounds like you made some behavioral changes. You stopped watching so much news. Can you um, go a little deeper into what happened exactly for you? 
Well, um, yes, and I was having some physical issues, which really had me very afraid. So, um, and by the way, Dulcie helped me a bit with that. But um, it took kind of a willpower to go to this place and put it on the paper and take the walk and stand up straight and smile and go to that place where there's no thought and a lot of focus on it, um, but also a newfound, like, just commitment to this is, I know this is going to work. And so by doing the writing and the um, the breathing exercises, to you know, into the quantum field, um, what else do, do you want to know about that? Well, it seemed like you 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 seem more empowered. You felt more empowered. Mm-hmm. I'm curious as to how that influenced you. That whole process. I mean, you were, you. It was like physician heal thyself. Here you are, a writing teacher who's not writing. Right. Absolutely. So, how does that influence, or does it at all, you as a teacher and the work you do? Well, I've I've always been very aware of women often say. This was one of the reasons I want to do the experiment, too, because we often say when we're not in community, we don't write. Because when we're in community, we have an audience, we have a commitment to one another, we're highly motivated, you know, and, um, and so we're much more likely to write, write, write. And so I think we met for a while on Zoom, and then we all needed a break in terms of this, this COVID pandemic and just a, a different sense of uncertainty. Um, and so this was my time to, what was it we said on the phone, Dulcie, you know how you're inspired by your comments sometimes, and the next day they don't seem quite so brilliant, but um, we said something like this, how can I tap into my own soul through writing to know that I'm okay? And that's, that's what I discovered, is we can do that. And if you're gentle with yourself, and the expectation is that you go where your heart leads you, what you do is you end up, I think, coming from your heart space, tapping into the wisdom of your inner soul, and um, that's where the wisdom is. Your Trust your intuition, you know. So then I could say, well, I can't wait to meet again with the community of women writers, but I could do this while I'm on this little island even though energetically I'm still connected to loved ones, I'm here at home. And that was really, um, really quite gratifying to, to try that and start writing again. So, so I think we're just all the same in terms of those ups and downs with writing. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the process of connecting to your heart, do you think it makes a difference if you're writing by hand in your journal or if you're um, typing on a computer? For me, it definitely does. And that sort of ties into um, Dulcie's question about the science of writing because when I taught cursive writing to fourth graders, it was a very right brain experience. It was an art form. You know, we treated it as that. So I think, in a sense, when you write with your hands, at least for me, I'm much more connected to my, to my heart. Do you think that's true for you, Ramona? Um, during your class, I started writing on my computer only because when I went to read back to the group, mm-hmm. I couldn't read any of my writing. Right. <laughs> so, so I started typing, and, and I really felt like it, 
eliminated the opportunity to draw in the margins or uh-huh. to decorate the page or which for me is essential yes there's words i love the words but it has to have a border on it you know <laughs> and well, so and that's the beauty of your journal you talked about reinstating your journal practice and that you know that's very similar to what fast rates are obviously um, and i think that's so so important the journal really is a window to your soul isn't it Yes, you know, I've been working on my timeline. I think I've mentioned this before. Um, I've had so many lives in my one life. I mean, I've lived in lots of places in the world, and I've done all sorts of stuff. And um, I just couldn't remember what I did when. And I mean, it just it just seems like there was a lot of volatility. So I've been going back through my journals, despite my travels, um, I have kept my journals, and I've been going back through them and just pulling out the key facts, you know, bought this car, did, you know, moved here, rode a horse, whatever it was, and put it on a, on a simp- in a simple binder. What so a I, great idea. Well, just yeah. so I could get a sense of what happened in my life. Right. And those journals are, the, it's, it's the voice of myself then. Right. And um, it's just, I, I, it's the most uncanny experience. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, it's, I'm so pleased to have this as a project, especially spending so much time alone, being lonely, the heat, you know. It's such a wonderful thing to be able to go back through those and say, oh, yeah, that's when I did this. And, oh, my gosh, look what was going on through my head and so many things that I've forgotten. So yes, I think a journal does speak to the soul and and I do know that therapeutically it's one of the first assignments I give a new counseling client or a new coaching client is to start a journal and to specifically name it, especially if somebody wants to go through a transition. They want to move or marry or divorce or have a child or deal with the death of a loved one that they actually have a journal specific to the transition itself. Right. And it becomes a friend. What a great idea. You know, the timeline thing, I had had every intention of doing that with my 300 journals from the age of 16. Oh, my gosh, 300? Wow. (laughs) Seriously? You inspire me to start that up again. It is very, very powerful. 300 journals? No, I don't know. I do Well, probably. I do have stacks of them. Wow. Yeah. And then you, you say, well, shall I burn them? You know, you, can't, you don't want someone else to inherit all these journals, which is where I thought the timeline idea was wonderful because maybe you, you grab the life-defining, you know, moments, and mm-hmm. then maybe you can let them go. Yes. And well, that remains to be seen because some journals are rather ho-hum. And you just pull them out. But other ones are, wow, this is... Mm-hmm. So it, I think it would certainly thin the library. Yes. I think I think writing in my journal has saved my life a number of times. Just, you know, going through challenging times. And I sometimes just writing about it, even if you're venting and writing about how horrible your life is or how hor- horrible you think your life is. And then you see it and you go, oh... Is that real? Is that true? Is, is, that, is it really as bad as what I just portrayed it to be? And then there's somehow I think 
I don't know if it's a conscious thing or a ma- or if it's magic, but I think there's a an ability to move from that to start finding the things that that are magic in your life, the things that give you that what that are working. Yes, exactly. Right, right. So um, it's powerful. It is. Yeah. Um, I have a little aside here. Uh, you probably do this, but I, with grandkids, et cetera, and in my past self, I would say always anchor your journal piece with time, day, and date. Do, mm. do you always do that? Absolutely. Yes. yes. And I say where I am. It's yes. very important, yeah. Mm-hmm. Occasionally I'll pick up a journal that doesn't have a, a year in it. Right. And I'm like, where the heck was my mind, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, because I actually have to read through it for a while to figure out what year I'm reading. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I think one of the things that we're, we're talking about today when we talk about writing as a path to personal empowerment and to peace is the power of the written word. I mean, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Is the first thing is the word. And, um, you know, we can pick up a book, and, and it can take us away on an adventure. It can inspire us with the beauty of a poem. Um, so there's a tremendous amount of power in the written word. Or if we were in an oral society passing along wisdom in an oral form like a bard or a, you know, an aboriginal storyteller, that same power of the word would be there. Karen, do you have there in front of you on this phone call, do you have a poem or a piece that has always always just gets you and lifts you up that you can share with us, even if it's one you've written yourself. Even if it is. Um, before I do, can I, can I read a quote that goes with what you just said? Yes, please. About the word being powerful. This says, Poetry is often the art of overhearing yourself say things that you didn't know you knew. Mm. It is a learned skill to force yourself to articulate your life, your present world, or your possibilities for your future. David White. I guess that's a little different, but the, the thought being, it's a powerful form, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm thinking in terms of the poem, this is the poem that came from Mary Oliver's poem with my endings. Would that be appropriate? That would be delightful. Sure. Yeah, it takes about a minute, I think. And it is, um, it is really relevant to where I am right now, which is so cool because if you decide to do a, an exercise like that, it becomes you. So, so here it is. My work is loving the world. Here the sunrise, there the hawk in flight, dependable portrayers of beauty. Here the sunflowers, there the luscious pine. Here shiny crystal sandstone shelf. Are my connections far away? My many loved ones from the past lost or absent? Am I no longer needed, relevant, central? Let me remember what matters, which is my work, which is standing still and learning to listen closely to the gifts given, the words of a friend, my family, the soft, snuggling, loyal dog, the spiritual, grounded, equine presence, both here, now. Everything I need to feel grateful For I am alive and have vision to see the sunrise, a heart to hold love's repeated themes, and I have paper and pen to invite words of a poet, to express love and to heal. 
That's amazing. It something happens in my heart when I hear stuff like that. It just it's so uplifting. Thank you, Karen. It was oh, really yes. beautiful. I, you can just feel, you know. And I could see it in Ramona as well. It's kind of yes. a softening in the face and a yeah. Do you know what that makes me think of is when I'm tapping into I, I that was my poem, but it was it was motivated by Mary Oliver's poem. And you know, I talk about our own our own field cause you know, our own field around us, but this is like the universal cosmic field we're tapping into. That's what poetry is, I think. That's what the power of words is, too. And that's maybe why it touches us so deeply. Yes. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I, I, think, I think it's our work. That line really spoke to me where you were talking about, do I still have value? Do I still have, you know, am I alone? And you talked about, I still have my work. Mm-hmm. And I think our work is to find the value in each day, to be kind, to reach out to others, to support other people around us, to find kind words to say. And I and think, what, yeah, yeah, Karen's point is the writing, you know, when you have that moment of writing, then it's not so much as other-focused, being kind to others, which, of course, is key, but there's that self-nurturing, too. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Karen, I interrupted you. No, Please no, no, ahead. that's all beautiful stuff. Um What's wonderful about this, too, is what Ramona just said about being kind. We all have times in our lives when kind words changed our life. They help define our lives. And if we can bring those things in and really nurture them inside of that field around us that we can control, um, that's, a, that's a really wonderful thing. And there, there are words again. Words have power. And I think ultimately, Karen, this writing experiment, and I believe you've created a whole class out of this, is that there's an opportunity to inspire oneself and to tackle one's problems and to, as Ramona said, see the way through it, you know, the other side. And your poem address there, I have everything I need right here, you know, and this, this white page to write it on. Um, it, it, it seems to me to be so deeply creative and so personally empowering. Empowering is the word that I think is perfect. There's a real sense of empowerment. You're not helpless. You, you have this that you can carry with you, that no matter what's going on around you, you're empowered. And that's pretty wonderful. And you've mentioned a couple of times, and we're very close to the end here, but if you could just take a, a, a minute, tell us why gentleness is so important through this. Why gentleness? Yes, through this writing process. Well, it's sort of like the quote about be gentle with yourself. Um, discipline is not harsh. It's mm-hmm. The self-discipline is gentle. I think... <laughs> it's a funny song we used to sing in fourth grade about being your own best friend, but... Um, but really, what is our purpose here on earth but to find, to find who we are and to honor ourselves so that we can love others? So 
this is a hard time for everybody. And I think the recognition of that, but also the recognition, like the quote that I said about we were, we were designed for this, mm-hmm. we're here, we mm-hmm. can do this, mm-hmm. um, is reassuring. And, and uh, we need to be gentle with ourselves because it's a tough time. Mm-hmm. We, asked, right. we asked to be born into this time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, our time is flying. Um, Karen, do you want to share your contact information if someone wants to find out more about the classes? You your have? website, your phone number, please. Yes, um, the website is womenwritinggj.com. And my phone number um, is 970-261-0619. And Dulcie? Uh, 464-1312, of course that's 970, and or com. And guys, you know, you can always listen to this again on the podcast. This is great information here today. Definitely wonderful thoughts to ponder and to help us move forward. And Beads and Jamie for supporting us. And the phone number down there is 241-4116. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next month, the first Tuesday. Bless you, Karen. Bless everybody out there. And make it rain. Yes, sounds good. Thank you all. (laughs) Thanks a ton. Bye-bye. Bye.